This is Danny's Garden, the podcast about disordered eating in you. We believe there is value in being proactive, which begins with incorporating preventative measures to help you in your recovery process. We are an international virtual disordered eating program dedicated to helping everyone who struggles with disordered eating behaviors worldwide. It's time to take back your life by being proactive towards your recovery. We will join you bi-weekly to discuss disordered eating, how it presents itself, and how to embrace recovery and develop a healthier relationship with food. You can learn more about Danny's Garden at www.dannysgarden.com. That's D-A-N-I-S-G-A-R-D-E-N.com. Hello, family and friends. I am Dr. Nicola, and I am your host for Danny's Garden Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about disordered eating, the disordered eating voice, what it is, how do we know we're hearing it, how it affects others as well as ourselves. So what is the disordered eating voice? What is it that we're listening to inside of our heads, repetitive things and thoughts that we've heard throughout the years? kind of gets stuck. Well, we've learned about self-talk and we've learned about positive self-talk. Many of you have been in recovery for many years and you've always heard positive self-talk is something that you say to yourself to put you in a healthier mindset, to help you have a healthier relationship with food so that your disordered eating voice that you hear is centered around negative self-talk, that inner voice, that inner critic, that's telling you don't do something or that you don't deserve something or to stop doing something. There's too much of something or too little of something and that's part of your disordered eating. It refers to specific thoughts that are often working to keep your disordered eating going. It's very disruptive to your everyday life. And in time, times like now around the holidays, it hits us pretty hard. It makes us feel as if we can't control what we're doing when a lot of us have disordered eating because we're trying to control things in our lives. The disordered eating voice can be debilitating. It can stop us in our tracks. I recently wrote an article that was centered around the disordered eating voice. Published this one on LinkedIn. So if you're ever over there, take a look, take a quick read. I talked about the disordered eating voice stopping a young girl who I called Sally from going downstairs and having Thanksgiving dinner with her family. In her preparation to get up and get dressed and get prepared to go and be among the people that she loved, she struggled. The entire time, her disordered eating voice was just overwhelming to her. It would ask her, Why are you going downstairs? If you go downstairs and eat, you're going to gain weight. You don't need to eat anything because it may make you eat everything. It said everything to her to make her stop from going downstairs. Every single step that she took, she could hear this voice in her head telling her, don't go. Halfway down the stairs, she stops and she takes a seat and she realizes that she's not going to make it to Thanksgiving dinner. So she started writing this letter, trying to explain to her family that she misses them and that she loves them, that she misses having all the family love, that she's right there. 
so close, but she just can't make it down the stairs. Her disordered eating voice is so debilitating that it sets up rules right there on the spot. If you go downstairs and eat, you're going to feel guilty afterwards because you didn't work out. You ever think about around holiday time, especially Thanksgiving meals, the entire family goes on a walk right before they have their meal, whether their meal's at morning time or afternoon or late evening. It's like the disordered eating is part of the family element. Like no one says, hey, we're going to go out and take a walk before we have this Thanksgiving meal because we may overeat. No one says that. But historically, this has become a thing. And there we all go on a walk. But some of us take it to mean I can't eat unless I go on a walk. So I have to walk first. And some of us says, well, it goes further than that. Well, I haven't read the book that I wanted to read, or I haven't cleaned my room, or I haven't painted this wall that I wanted to paint. I have to do all these things before I can give myself permission to eat, before I can reward myself with food. Not realizing that food is not a reward, but it is a right. You have a right to eat. You have a right to nourish your body. But this voice, this disordered eating voice in your head creates so much negativity that it draws into how we interact with others. Even to the point, sometimes we may have a friend that said, hey, you know, you want to go out, hang out with us, have a good time, go to a ball game. And you may actually want to go, but you say no, because this voice in your head says all these things that you need to accomplish before you can go, before you can spend time with friends. And all of a sudden, that entire process of the family, right, thinking we're all going to bond and go for a walk before we have this meal turns into, I can't have this meal unless I go for a walk. That it, it has hit you and manifested in you differently than everyone else. Somehow it gets stuck in our mind, that negative self-talk. Instead of encouraging us and lifting us up, that voice creates this distorted rationale that we think it makes sense, but it doesn't. And it causes us to be overwhelmed. It brings about emotions that we can't manage. It triggers depressive thoughts. It makes promises to us that oftentimes cannot be kept. Because I'm making promises to myself, right? You're making promises to yourself. And what's so interesting about this disordered eating voice is that we don't think about what happens. For example, right? If a young person goes to the doctor and the doctor says, hey, I don't want to say anything to this patient to alarm them about their BMI. But whether it's too high or too low, we never get that information. But what we do get is don't gain any more weight or don't lose any more weight or don't have too much sugar, don't eat too many carbs. When we think about it, those become red flags. The red flags to the physician, he's seeing our physical body, he or she, but the person sees and thinks, how can I not gain or lose any more weight? It's all associated with the food, right? I, I don't know what to do. 
So in my mind, what's happening? Am I going to control my weight? And the only way to do that is to control my food intake, my water intake. So I have this negative thought process, this voice that comes on about control. And it starts to to talk to us and drown out that rational thought voice. This is the, the disordered eating voice gets louder and louder until the point that it is overwhelming and we can't fight it anymore. So people like Sally says, I'm just going to sit here on the steps. I'm going to take my time out and I'm just going to wait until that voice is quiet And the voice does get quieter, but it's usually when we have decided we're just going to sit this meal out. We're not going to have this meal. It's too much. It's overwhelming. And this is something that we have to realize, even when we're talking to our therapeutic coach, it is important to be able to say, hey, coach, I'm dealing with some negative self-talk. I am really having a hard time putting things in perspective to the point I know that I'm not being rational. I know my thoughts are not rational. I'm feeling like I can skip breakfast right now because you know what? I don't like breakfast food. So it's important for us to be able to say that we have to work towards stopping our disordered eating voice. So when that voice is saying, you don't need breakfast or you don't need to eat, we have to be able to talk back to that voice because it's telling us you didn't get up early. You didn't accomplish the things you wanted to accomplish. And those irrational thoughts starts to come back and be overwhelming. So we have to allow someone else to help us develop a more reasonable voice, to be able to challenge that disordered eating voice in your head. It's going to be very important, just extremely important focus on recovery from disordered eating to talk about all the different things that goes on in the mind of a person with disordered eating. I think what's interesting is that we're having a conversation about our struggles, right? And we hear that our physical self is saying, I, you know, I don't like eating breakfast. And we have to remember that just because we don't like breakfast food doesn't mean we want to eat breakfast. You can eat whatever you want for breakfast. Breakfast is that time between the last time you ate and the next time you eat from the nighttime to the daytime when you break your fast. It doesn't have to be sausages or pancakes or bacon and eggs. It can be whatever you want. If you wanna have steak, then have steak. If you wanna have what you call lunch food for breakfast or dinner food for breakfast or supper food for breakfast, do that. You can eat whenever, whenever you want, whatever you want. And you can learn how to combat that voice that tells you, you don't have a right to, or you haven't earned a right to eat. We have to think about 
what's going on, what things that we've experienced in our past, what things are we experiencing now that puts us in a situation where our disordered eating voice passed judgment on us and is critical of us. That's our fear, right? How am I going to be able to function? Sometimes we may feel like we don't have the ability to control what's going on in our lives. And so then we want to control what we put in our mouths. So let's talk about that for a bit. What does the eating disorder or disordered eating voice sound like? What does it sound like? Is it making you set rules? Setting goals for yourself that you can't live up to and then punish you when you can't accomplish those goals that you set up for yourself that were not realistic? Your disordered eating voice will deny that there's anything wrong and tell you that you're not thinking clearly. Another article I wrote was about the disordered eating voice gaslighting you, making you think your thoughts are are wrong or not important, not valuable. Sometimes our disordered eating voice tells us that being healthy means being bigger, right? When someone says, oh, you look great, you look wonderful, you look healthy, you start thinking, oh, am I too big? I must be in a larger body. Then that triggers disordered eating thoughts. Maybe I shouldn't be eating as much or not at all. We have a tendency to punish ourselves. Because when our disordered eating voice tells us to set these unrealistic goals and tasks for ourselves, it becomes very critical of, of who we are. We start off with this negative self-talk. So what do we do? How do we fight this negative self-talk? We have to counter it with positive self-talk. From the negativity that the voice gives us, sometimes we may hear someone ask, What did you do before you had disordered eating? Were you productive? And sometimes we may have to think about that. If we think about when we were 15 years old, maybe we didn't have negative self-talk. Maybe we didn't self-criticize. But we just kept hearing these negative comments repeated over and over. We started to think that maybe what everyone else was thinking and how everyone else was feeling was correct. And maybe what we were thinking, how we were feeling, was not. So we have to start learning new skills. And they're not really new skills, right? They're skills and things that we use every single day of our lives. We need to give a, give a name to them, like being in the moment and positive self-regard. We can put a name on it to identify it so we can use these skills on a daily basis. And trust ourselves to know that this is what's going to help us. This is how we're going to get help. We have to work with someone who's put in place to be there for us. We have to make sure that we're being proactive and paying attention to triggers, to red flags. Working with people through all walks of life, Danny's Garden work with from the young to the old, any nationality in any area, 
that have been triggered by anything that can and cannot, doesn't always have to be associated with food. Oftentimes people have gone through different traumas that trigger issues with food that cause us to have disordered eating. It is important to be proactive, to be able to help you work through recovery from disordered eating so that your disordered eating doesn't become a full-blown eating disorder. We have some people, especially around the holidays or times when a new mom gets pregnant and they say, you know, I've been in recovery for a year, but I'm having these disordered eating thoughts. This is a time where you reach out before the disordered eating voice gets so strong and so powerful and so overwhelming that you're not able to manage it. You can take what you already learned about disordered eating and recovery and reach out to a therapeutic coach. Participate in a program that you you know have worked for you in the past. Use the skills that you've learned from previous programs that you've been into. Do whatever you need to do to take those red flags that you see. And be able to stop the negative self-talk associated with your disordered eating voice. We have to work on developing a way that we're not self-criticizing ourselves. And if we are, to talk to someone to let them know that we need help. Because the disordered eating voices we know can get very, very loud. So what, do, what can we do now, right? Is really being able to remember, to be able to say to yourself, because you may have thought that this wasn't, you weren't, you weren't capable of being fully recovered, but you can be fully recovered. You can silence your disordered eating voice. You can use the skills that you have. You can learn new skills to be able to help yourself, to help your clients, help your family members, whatever role, position that you take. Just remember, you can be fully recovered. You can silence the disordered eating voice. Thank you so much for listening to Danny's Garden Podcast on this week's message on the disordered eating voice. You can learn more about how we can work together at www.dannysgarden.com. And I look forward to talking to you next time. We are forever learning and growing using several therapeutic coaching techniques, including holistic, behavioral, and therapeutic to help you find your freedom from disordered eating. If you're still here, we want to thank you for sticking around with us to the end. We value you and your thoughts. If you have any topics associated with disordered eating you'd like to hear more about, just send us an email to admin at dannysgarden.com. You can review our website at www.dannysgarden.com. We are proud to be part of the Healer Circle for Project Heal and Platinum Sponsors for the Heartland IAEDP for 2023. Until next time, remember, you can do hard things.